the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Wednesday, September 9, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on September 9, 1776, the Second Continental Congress made the term United States official. It replaced United Colonies. Today in 18, uh, 1087, not 18, 1087, William the Conqueror, Duke of Normandy and King of England, died in Rowan while conducting a war. The war began when the French king made fun of him for being fat. Well, you talk about unnecessary wars. You know, human history reveals so much about human nature. Over the thousands of years that we have a record, the Bible being, of course, the oldest and the absolute correct record of human history, it shows how volatile we are, how fragile we are, and we haven't changed all that much over these thousands of years. We need a Savior. That's why Jesus Christ came to this world God became flesh to save us from ourselves and from our sin. That war and those actions are one of many examples. Today in 1543, Mary Stuart was crowned Queen of Scots at Stirling Castle. Mary was uh, well qualified to be queen. She, I'm sure she was nine months old when they crowned her queen. Today in 1786, George Washington called for the abolition of slavery. Today in 1850, California became the 31st state of the Union. It was during the gold rush. Today in 1926, Radio Corporation of America created the National Broadcasting Company, NBC. Today in 1942, during World War II, a Japanese plane was launched from a submarine off the Oregon coast. It dropped a couple of incendiary bombs. They were What they were trying to do, they failed, but what they were trying to do was to set off a massive forest fire. It was the first aerial bombing of the United States mainland by a foreign, by a for, uh, foreign power. Well, if they wanted fires massive forest fires, they should have just stuck around. We can create our own out here in the Northwest, and we have. Today in 1956, Elvis Presley made his first of three appearances on the Ed Sullivan Show. It was a big to-do. I remember our pastor preached a little sermon about it at the time. I was a kid. Didn't get to see it. I think the Ed Sullivan Show was on on uh, Sunday nights. I was not in front of the TV set on Sunday nights. I was in a pew, a church. We went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, and then had activities scattered throughout those nights during the week at church. But I sure heard about it. All the kids at school were talking about it the next day. The cameras 
didn't show Elvis, I, as I recall, from the waist down. It was a big deal. A lot of sermons were preached about the direction our culture was going. Anyway, that all started on television today in 1956. Today in 2014, Apple unveiled its long-anticipated smartwatch. It also came out with a new generation of its iPhone. I remember when these uh, wristwatches, these smartwatches, were, first came out, everybody seemed to be wearing them. A lot of people, at least I knew, had got them and were wearing them. I don't see those that much anymore. Maybe I just don't notice because they've been around for a while. But uh, anyway, they were introduced today in 2014. And today in 2016, Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton, <laughs> she was speaking at an LGBTQ fundraiser in New York City. It was in that speech that she described half, not all, but just half, of Republican Donald Trump's supporters as a basket of deplorables. <laughs> Have you ever wondered if you were part of the half that filled that basket? If you haven't, don't bother. She even regretted saying that. She later said after she had lost the election, she, among all of her, I mean, she's still living in the past. She's wallowing in that loss because that was her whole life. Everything she had done in her life by her own testimony was to become president of the United States someday, be the first woman, etc. And um, it all collapsed. But she said there were a series of mistakes that I made. She named basket of deplorables. She was really speaking her heart, but she was sorry that she had said it out loud, I suppose. Many skies, as you know, over the Northwest have turned blood red. It's almost apocalyptic. People fleeing at the last minute, fleeing their homes, leaving their homes. Some of them have lived there most of their life, some not so long. But all of their worldly goods pretty much in that home, wherever it is, it's revealing. It's revealing how most of our most important material things in a person's life, the material things, can be thrown into a bag at the last minute as we run from the fire. That just shows the transitory aspect of life itself. The Bible defines life as a, as a vapor, and it is. That's why we've got to live every day as though it is our last day on earth to the glory of God, to the best of our ability. And I think many of us do, who love the Lord, who know the Lord in a personal in a personal way. We live in very, it's kind of like, and I've said this before, when you think things can't get worse, you know, in the culture and just in the world and so on, you find out that you are wrong. They can. Things just keep piling on. <laughs> We've got the virus and we've got the economic, um, you know, result of the virus, the, the turn down, the shutdown in, in our economy and the schools and all of this stuff. And then the fires come and the whole West Coast is on fire, it seems like. But, you know, in times like these, we can turn to what will never burn or go away. The word of God. Psalm 138 says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou wilt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies. 
and thy right hand shall save me. Remember what Jesus said? John John reported that. He recorded it in John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. God is in control. Don't let your heart be troubled. God really is in control. He is the creator of all things. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega. And he knows you by name, and he knows what's going on in your life. He knows what's going on in our lives collectively. And he loves you. And he loves each of us. And he knows, he knows what you have need of. So don't be despaired. Just soldier on. Difficult times, for sure. But don't be despaired. God is with you. He loves you. He's in control. The Bishop of Knoxville is calling out Joe Biden for his selective quoting of the Pope, Pope Francis. He said Biden is always quoting the Pope, but he never, ever quotes what the Pope says about abortion. He came out with a public statement this morning. Bishop of Knoxville, Tennessee. He's calling it selective Catholicism. He said, I would like to be a speechwriter for Mr. Biden and Mrs. Pelosi, who both state that they're faithful Catholics. He said that this morning. He said, I know they also have used quotes from Pope Francis. The bishop goes on to offer his own citation from Pope Francis that underscores the horror of of abortion. Unfortunately, what is thrown away is not only food and dispensable objects, but often human beings themselves that are discarded as unnecessary. For example, it is a frightful even it's frightful even to think that there are children victims of abortion who will never see the light of day. The bishop says that the pontiff, the Pope, has compared abortion to hired murder. He said it's like saying an abortion is a hitman. You hire to take somebody out of the way. He quotes Pope Francis as saying, I ask you, is it right to bump off a human life to solve a problem? Is it right to hire a hitman to solve a problem? You can't, I, I didn't know the Pope said this, but <clears throat> he would know, I guess. He, said, he says, quoting the Pope, you cannot, you cannot, it is not right to bump off a human being, no matter how small, to solve a problem. It's like hiring a hitman to solve a problem, he repeated. Bishop Sitka has questioned Joe Biden's standing as a Catholic several times. He's given Biden's public stance against church teaching regarding to abortion and other issues. He said, don't understand how Mr. Biden can claim to be a good and faithful Catholic as he denies so much of church teaching, especially on the absolute child abuse and human rights violation of the most innocent, the not yet born. Well, that statement, I mentioned it today here and others like me, perhaps, hopefully, with a even a more amplified voice than we have here, will quote him. But for the most part, that'll be ignored. The press will never look into that. They don't care. They don't want Biden to be a selective Catholic. They want him to be a deep, devout man of faith who carries out their agenda of abortion, same-sex marriage, and all the other stuff that they're doing to, ro- to ruin and destroy human life itself and destroy a culture that's based on godly principles. And they want a person like Biden or whomever to do so in the name of the Lord. Otherwise, if they take a stand, 
they become, well, deplorables in the minds of the progressives. Progressives seem to have kind of a penchant or a kind of a motto that things are good for thee, but not for me. <laughs> I want to talk to you a little bit about that. They live in denial. They live in conflict all the time, a progressive. I don't claim to be an intellectual, but you don't have to be if you're just an ordinary person. You can look at the ideology and just the pattern of, of, of words and thoughts and what they write and what they say and what they do, the progressives. They're terribly misinformed or they have risen to a p position where they want to lead people into destruction. And there are those who want to do that for whatever reason. But for the most part, the progressives are going along saying, well, this is kind of, you know, this is kind of how I feel. I don't really have strong feelings one way or the other. I don't think we should fight. God would not have us to disagree. God would not have us to publicly have political conversations and disagreements. That's not pleasing to the Lord. And on and on it goes. So often it's done in the name of the Lord. Helping the poor, whatever. No borders. I mean, abortion. I mean, it goes on and on. Every part of society is somehow attached to some thinking that is has a, a kind of a veiled umbrella over it of godliness. They proclaim godliness. They proclaim righteousness. They proclaim to be followers of God, of Jesus Christ, of the gospel. But they deny the truth of it, the power of it. They just won't live according to the gospel. They just want to claim it for those to whom it's important. The Bible calls that hypocrisy. Jesus called it hypocrisy, and Jesus addressed this issue more profoundly than I ever could, for sure. He called them out. Even the religious leaders, the Pharisees. He called them tombs. He said, you're white on the outside and rotten on the inside. He called them out for public prayers, standing on the street corner, praying their prayers out loud so people would see them as righteous and holy and godly when they were not. I don't approach the level that Jesus could approach in calling them out, but I would say that we live in a time when people are so confused about the issues of life that we're all faced with that Honestly, they're looking just for the path of least resistance, but often in the name of the Lord. That's Joe Biden. It's also Nancy Pelosi. It's Kamala Harris, who's a Protestant. It's many people. I hope it isn't you. I see evangelicals professing on social media in the name of the Lord. But you better vote for these people. Because Donald Trump is bad. What is bad? <laughs> Man, we've lost I don't know, we've lost our lost our way in so many so many ways. And so many of these ideas are so destructive. Protesters in Portland cost the police department I read an article this morning, cost the police department $7 million in overtime pay just in Ju June and July. I'm sure it would be more than that in Seattle. Portland City Council voted to cut 
according to the demands of the rioters, 15 million from the from their police funding. The protesters said no. He said, we will continue to burn and destroy until you cut 50 million from the deal. And yet they're criticizing the police for not being there to protect them while they're rioting. It's an amazing, it's so convoluted. The mayor, Ted Wheeler, was called called to account by the public broadcasting station. And um, they asked him, they said, well, what is your plan? What are you going to do about all this? Just last month, two weeks ago. His response, I'm quoting him. He said, well, he said, um, I think we're going to just, quote, let it burn itself out. That's the kind of leadership that progressivism creates. Joe Biden tweeted on Sunday, just the other day, Sunday, he said, we need to restore honor and decency to the White House. That followed a tweet on Saturday that had instructed Trump to quit playing golf and get back to work and control the spread of this virus. Because it's his responsibility as though he created it. That caught my attention for a couple of reasons. I want to talk to you about those reasons just for a moment today. If we can get real about these things, there's a reason why we call this program Straight Talk. We try to get right to it and not talk about fluffy little things that doesn't you know, really upset anyone. And yet my goal is not to upset anyone, but it is to speak the truth. I, I wouldn't be doing this program if I didn't feel that the Lord had really spoken to me about it. This is not the easiest thing to do, and you can imagine that. Many of you comment on that when you write to us. It is... I mean, there are easier paths than this path, but I'm I'm totally committed to this. And I want to thank those of you who are standing with me because I could be committed as all get out and not be able to do it if I didn't have support. And so I want to thank you for supporting us. It makes a difference, I'll tell you for sure. It allows me to turn on the microphone every morning. If we don't have your support, we wouldn't have the microphone. So those of you who don't appreciate what we're saying, and there are those who do not, you can hope that uh, nobody stands with us and our voice will fade. Otherwise, we'll continue as the Lord helps us and you stand with us in your support. Thank you so very much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. You can also contribute online. You can go to our website, faithandfreedom.us not .com, but .us. Go there. The first thing you'll see is the article that I published on that particular day today, if you would go there. And you'll see a little tab up at the top under the Capitol Dome, the big picture of the Dome of the Capitol. You'll see that. There's a Donate tab there. You can click it and just follow the prompts, and it's easy. And more and more are contributing, are doing so online. But you can put a check in the mail as well. Thank you in advance. We need your support. These are tough times. In addition to his tweets, though, Biden forwarded an NBC News video showing Trump playing golf, of course. And that was highlighted. Of course, news people picked that up and ran with it as though this guy plays golf all the time. And Biden put under that enough with the weekend golf trips and erratic tweets. By all accounts, Trump is the hardest working president in recent memory. I mean, everybody says that about him. The first thing they say that's worked for him, whether it's Sarah Sanders, uh, Huckabee Sanders, 
Mike Huckabee's daughter, who was his press person, others that are very close to him, that are with him all, almost all day, every day. They say, man, they've never seen anybody that works that hard. He is one of the most hardworking, get up early, stay up late presidents we've ever had in the White House. But that's not my point. My point is the hypocrisy of the left. Robert Knight said something this week in an article that he wrote that caught my attention as well. He said this, and I'm quoting him. He said, open, shameless hypocrisy, on the other hand, abounds on the left. They spew hate while decrying as haters anyone who disagrees with them. They loudly praise free speech while erecting a cancel culture that silences dissent. They say they love America while while trashing our country as uniquely evil. He notes that if a picture is worth a thousand words, the picture of maskless... (laughs) Nancy Pelosi, slinking around through a shut-down hair salon in San Francisco last week, having her hair done. He said that would be an entire dictionary. And it would. I agree with him. I like Robert Knight's writing a lot. Her response, when she was caught red-handed violating all the rules she so easily puts on everyone else, she said, I was set up. It was a setup. It wasn't my fault. It was their fault because they set me up. That's the same response that Marion Barry, the D.C. mayor, former D.C. mayor, said when they caught him on video dealing drugs here just a few years ago. Ended up in his resignation. But the first thing he said when he got caught dealing drugs as mayor of Washington, D.C., he said, I was set up. It's not my fault. They did this to me. <laughs> Fox's Tucker Carlson looked into the setup. He talked to the lady that owns the salon where Nancy was slinking around getting her hair done with no mask on. Her name is Erica, I think it's pronounced Kios, it's K-I-O-U-S. Anyway, she owns the salon, and she didn't share the video. She shared the video with Fox, but she said she didn't set it up because she said the the cameras have been in her her salon for a number of years now, and she said everybody that works there knows that, and they're always running. But she said after she saw the video, she started thinking about her staff and the people not being able to work and make money and provide for their families, including her. Noting that her business has been devastated by six months of government-mandated closure. She said if she is in there comfortably without a mask and feeling safe, then why are we shut down? Why am I not able to have my clients come in under the same circumstances? In the days following her story, she shared the video with Fox, and of course Fox ran it, Tucker Carlson ran it, and others did as well. But the days following her kind of becoming a national person, she said she immediately, almost within a day after that video was out there, she said she started getting violent threats, including violent death threats, for setting up Nancy. People started picketing her, her closed business because she had exposed Nancy for what she is. She's hypocritical. She talks about masks. She wears those designer masks all over Washington, D.C., and just kind of pulls it down ever so slightly to let you be sure you know who is speaking and and all of this, and we have to do this, and Dr. Fauci this, and science this, and we're with science, and Trump isn't with science. And she goes home and takes on a normal life. Oh, I need my hair done. I mean... Does that bother you? It does me. I mean, forget about the the dynamics of the political differences. And then when she gets caught, 
She said it was a setup. So anyway, this young woman that owns this this uh, salon, she started getting threats, death threats, for setting up Nancy. So she says she'll probably never open that salon again. She said, I can't. There's, they're outside. They're picketing. They're threatening her life, her family, whatever. So she's going to have to move somewhere else or go into a different line of business. She's been invited to other cities and other states to come and open. In fact, the the, mayor, the governor of South Dakota invited her to come there. She said, you won't have that experience in my town, in one of our towns in South Dakota. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But from Hillary and her United States-owned server in the closet to protect herself when she was Secretary of State, to Edward Kennedy and the drowning of his secretary at Chappaquiddick so many years ago, it's always about me rather than thee. New York Governor Cuomo has moralized again and again and again how important it is to play by the rules. Distance, stay at home, play by the rules. He even told the Democrat convention that COVID-19 was a European virus. He claimed his disastrous policies had worked. He said it was beautiful. He said that on tape. Yet New York is the most COVID-19 deaths of all. It isn't beautiful. It should be troublesome that Como ordered nursing homes to readmit people who tested positive with the virus, thus putting the most vulnerable population at risk, the old people. Meanwhile, of the thousand beds on a U.S. Navy hospital ship that Trump sent to him, at his request, he used 182 of them. Recently, Pelosi began calling the virus the Trump virus. I'll tell you. Progressivism is afraid of the past. That's why they seek to tear down the past, because they're afraid of it. So often we hear people say, well, I'm afraid to face the future. In fact, Bill Gaither wrote that song a number of years ago now. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. So on. Of course, we all have fears of the future from time to time. But I will tell you, it, the progressives are as much or more so afraid of the past. Early on a July morning in 1918, the emperor of Russia, Nicholas Romanov, and the six other members of his immediate family were hustled into a basement of a house in Kattenburg, and executed by the Bolsheviks. By July of 2020, towns across America were burning, statues in public places were being dragged from pedestals and destroyed or disposed of in the same way. What do these two events have in common? The Bolsheviks killed the Romanovs for the same reason the rioters are destroying statues and more today, and murals and whatever. They were and are trying to destroy any vestige of history and values because both both mean something to a culture and to a, a people. Traditional values and history stands in absolute contrast to the worldview of the progressives or the enlightened folks. To the apostles of enlightenment, conservative religious values and beliefs are what stand between people and true value. And Hillary has said that as well. That's why we're deplorable. That's why progressives work tirelessly bit by bit to remove religion from the public public square. It isn't about religious freedom. It's about they're afraid of the past. They're afraid of history because history speaks and it makes a difference. And that's what we're living in today. The executioners of 1918 understood the nature of their revolution. So do those who are currently leading the riots of 2020. We need to be fixed on the truth. And the truth is, 
the Word of God. It never changes. That's why we do what we do every day on this program. Thanks for being here. I'll see you tomorrow.